Well, this is the end <laughs> of Revelation in terms of the series that we've been on for I don't know how many months. I didn't even look back to see when we first began this series of messages. It's the 33rd message that I've given on uh, Revelation. I'm going to blame some of you that you got me into this. It hasn't been easy, you know, to go through a book like this, like this was my first time to ever preach all the way through Revelation. About halfway through, I thought, Lord, wouldn't it just be your grace that I'd go home to heaven and not have to finish this? Or can we just leave it here at this point? But it kept drawing me in and drawing me in and coming to this last message. It was the crown. It is the crown of this book. And these verses, in fact, while we were home for a month, I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make chapter 22 a kind of review of all of Revelation, and then we'll be finished. Well, as you know, this is the third message now, and I still can't stop. And I think that next week, I won't be in Revelation, but who knows? The Lord does. And we'll see what happens. But it has been hard as a pastor to dig. And there have been some things that I haven't really been able to explain properly. And I feel like a failure. But you know, the Word of God humbles us. How many know that about the Word of God? that it humbles you and brings you to a place of, I really don't know, but I believe. Help my unbelief. And that is the cry of our hearts, isn't it? That as we look at God's word, that we not just take it, well, it's a book and it's uh, very interesting. Oh my. And we have favorite spots where we love to stop. But the Lord wants us to go deeper and deeper and to understand more how this word really applies to me individually. Yes, this book covers the whole universe, really, but our globe, the scope of this book, Revelation. But it is coming down to the very heart of us as individuals and the Holy Spirit if you listen, will speak to your heart and begin to point out things that I'm waiting for you to change. Allow me to change you. And that is what the Word of God does. And this very last book, you know, it really did not get canonized until I think it was a century or a couple of centuries after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. That John's book became part of the Bible because it was so, so out there. Out there. That's a good description, out there. And many of us were afraid to open it and to really try to understand it. And we still haven't plumbed 
the full meaning of some of those passages. But, as I've been saying in the last several months now, this book is the most important book in the Bible now for us to dig into and to make it our own and understand how we fit into it because it's speaking of the soon return of Jesus Christ. And all of us who believe in Jesus Christ are waiting to see him come. And many of us are saying, come, Lord Jesus. So I've titled this, I had several titles, and I just kept scrapping them, scrapping them, saying, what is appropriate? Come. How many of you have ever looked up the word come in the Webster's Dictionary? Am I the only one? I was amazed this week because Katie, who's my best critic, she said to me, why did you call it come? That has a lot of different meanings. So I decided, well, let's look in the dictionary and see what come really means. There are about 17 different definitions of the word come. Did you know that? Like, for instance, something coming toward us. Coming of age. I'm coming of age. Ted and I are coming of age. It means to arrive. It means a sense of anticipation, looking forward to. But as we get into this message, I think I'll, I'll be able to pull out some of these definitions. So let's go ahead with our reading here. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. And Lord, give us wisdom and understanding as we read, as we speak, as 
we go through this outline, the right, the root, and the response. The word come is an invitation, a command. It's a description of movement. It is a condition. It is a time and many more meanings. Verses 7, 12, and 20, I am coming soon, Jesus says, three times in this short passage. Verses 17 and 20, come, three times it's used as a command or an invitation. The sense of the word come is that of an event longed for or anticipated. It implies hope. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we stand waiting and our anticipation, our expectation of what Jesus promised that he come back for his church and that we would be lifted off of this sphere, which has been for century upon century upon century steeped in darkness and sorrow. A 25-year-old facing death with cancer and nothing can be done. That's our world. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The right. The right means the authority. The right means permission. The right means the gates are open. We can walk in. Come. We open our door. Come in. We invite people to come in to our home, to sit down with us, to eat with us, to have friendship. It's a good word. It's a word that's very useful. And it is something that we cherish, in fact. Homecoming. You know, we went to our 50th homecoming. It was like, Katie, who's that guy over there? <laughs> He's with that girl. Who is she? And then I would say, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I've got his name. Tim. Yes, Tim. He was my best friend. <laughs> you know that half of our graduating class married each other. That's how close we were as a graduating class. And most of them were in Christian ministry all those years, 50 years. So, you know, I've been going into Alzheimer's for many years now. Katie will attest to that. But the Lord is using this in the sense of an invitation to us that we would have the sense of his desire to reach out, put his arms around us and pull us in to himself in intimacy and walking daily with us. We're a people that really need that. But as we have known and learned, blessed are they who wash 
their robes. We were in a wedding yesterday. I didn't see anybody with dirty clothes on. Most everybody really spiffed up really nicely. And that's what coming together, being invited to a wedding, having the right to sit down in this room at a wedding banquet with a place set for you. That's the right. Because there was an invitation that went out. And we had the right to be here. Even Shirley and Sachio invited some of their homeless friends from Yoyogi Park. Dear people, yeah, I see why you invited them. And they appreciated being here. That they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Mankind lost the right to the Garden of Eden. In fact, God has spent, I'm not going to minimize who God is, He had spent everything that He had to make a beautiful garden, a place for man. There is no other planet in the galaxies that we have discovered that's like our Earth. Do you know that? And man has been searching for that place. We have not found it. We can go days and days and days out and even months and sometimes years sending off rockets that could search and find another place like this. Why? Because this good place is rotting. It's growing like an old garment, the Bible says. And no wonder new representatives of our government in the United States are saying, we only have 12 years left. We've got to do something. 12 years? That'll go like that. And we're not prepared. Well, we're in panic mode in the United States anyway. I don't know what's happening here in Japan. But the hype is, we've got to find a solution. This earth is dying. Well, you know what? This earth has been dying for 6,000 years. Now, does that mean that it's going to last for another 6,000? No. In fact, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So that is the message of the Bible, and particularly the last book of the Bible, by the fact that we are facing extinction as beings in the universe. No wonder Avengers is so popular a movie, I guess, but it should scare the life out of you watching it. But it doesn't. You want more? You want to know more of the gruesomeness? Revelation isn't like Avengers. Revelation is actually showing the revelation of the Savior of the world, the maker of heaven and earth. And he's the one that we're putting our trust in, not in our armies or our weapons. It's time for us to look up and see our salvation. But God has declared that man has lost the right to the Garden of Eden.
Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that it was desirable to make one wise, she took from the fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. That was what we call the fall. That was choosing life or choosing death. And they had been duly warned which was which. And they chose wrong. Genesis 3.24 He drove out the man and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Quite a fantastic understanding of a weapon. And again, Avengers, maybe some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> the thing is, the Bible spoke of this thousands of years before there was ever an Avengers movie series. Because we know from the scriptures of the flaming sword that went every which way. And there was no way you could enter the garden. And God said, no. You have no right. 1 John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Mankind has lost the right to the Garden of Eden and Jesus Christ has paid the ransom for all sin with his death on the cross. That is scripture. That is the story of Jesus Christ and the purpose that he came to earth. Matthew 15, 21, 28. A Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you <laughs> desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. She was given the right. Jesus came. You know why? We Gentiles, is there anyone who's the son of Israel in this room? I mean, even remotely. In! Wow! That's right. Congratulations. 
<laughs> we envy you. We're dogs. We're dogs compared to Ian. He's the son of Israel, chosen of God. The rest of us, Jesus came for us and for Israel. And we have been included. We have been given the right to be called the sons of God by the fact that Jesus Christ died for us and we received him and we received new life. That's the story of Jesus Christ and what he came to do for us and for the whole world, every man, woman, and child. That's the gospel. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us righteous that we can enter in and be forgiven. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Mankind lost that right to the Garden of Eden. Jesus Christ paid the ransom for all sin. John 1, 11 to 13. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God through Jesus Christ. In Revelation 21, 5 to 7, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God, and he will be my son and daughter. Praise the Lord. That is where we stand. It is our right. The root. And I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. I am the root out of dry ground, he says. And Isaiah prophesied this, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. We did not honor him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Jesus Christ is a swear word in our American Western society. 
we as Christians worship that name. That is for us salvation. That is for us cleansing. That is for us a badge of being able to enter into what God the Father has prepared for us. Salvation. We need to hold that as dear and to think about that and to understand that, particularly in these days. I am the descendant of David, Jesus said. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Next, they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho with a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many people admonished him to be silent, but he cried out all the louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Go, your faith has made you well. The root out of the dry ground, the root of David, had been cut down. Israel was sacked. The temple was destroyed and came under pagan rule, foreign rule. And then comes the prophecy from Isaiah, a root out of dry ground, the descendant of David, Jesus the King of the line of David, both in his mother, biologically, and his father Joseph, who was not truly his father because Jesus was born of a virgin by the seed of God and became for us the God-man to walk where we walk, to experience the temptation and those things that are against our souls and our spirits, to bring us into and give us the right to enter into the presence of God the descendant of David. And then he is the bright and morning star. 2 Peter 1, 19-21 We have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to the lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, like John, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. And that's why Revelation starts, I, Jesus. And John recorded. And he experienced being taken up into heaven and seeing Jesus and describing him to us where he is now. Different from what we understand in the Gospels of Jesus walking the dusty roads of Judea to where he is the king, shining robes, crown, blessing, and light for us who sit and are here growing old, growing dim, 
and sin is weighing down on us like gravity on all of us to the point that we are looking for a resurrection. We're looking for a new life, eternal life. And the response. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without yen, without dollars, without shekels, without francs, without price. Free. It's free. Well, if it's free, it has no value. It is free because no one can buy it. It's not for sale. The price has already been paid by Jesus Christ, death on the cross for us. And his arms are outstretched. Come to me, all you who labor are in heavy laden, and I will give you true rest. That's the gospel. That's what the world's crying for. And yet they don't understand. Their minds are darkened. And that's why they need to see it lived out in our lives. Daily, as believers. Let the one who hears say, come. That's our task as the church. We need to be inviting the homeless from Yoyogi Park. We need to invite the people walking on our street here in Kichijoji. We need to reach out wherever we may be and say, come, come with me. That's our vocation as believers. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he with me. That was said to the Laodicean church. And as Katie says, this verse is really a Japanese verse, but it's also a Western verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But in Japan, we press a button now. But when we were out in Tochigiken, they didn't have doorbells back in those days. Do you know how we got people to come to the door? To open their door? Gomen kudasai. And soon you'd hear shuffle, 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 shuffle. And the door opening. And then here's this lady or man or little boy. Can I share something with you? I'm from the Kyokai down the street. We'd like to just give you this gift. Would you read it, please? How many have done that? You just pressed the doorbell and stuck it in their mailbox and ran? <laughs> but I think this is very Eastern. Goman Kudasai. Hello, anybody home? If any man hear my voice, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. 
By the way, this was really spoken to would-be Christians, this verse. Those who said they were Christians, but if you read the description of the Laodicean church, yeah, they had heard, they had known, but they really had forgotten what they had really received in that church. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come and let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. That's what we need to be doing. That's our message as the church and as the Bride of Christ. Let the one who is thirsty come. John 4, 14 to 16, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, the Samaritan woman, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and have to come to dry water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband, although she had five. What kind of a woman was she? She was looking for a real relationship, and she found it in Jesus Christ and went back to the city, and it says the whole city came out to see who she was talking about. Wow, what an evangelist. And let the one who desires without price. Isaiah 55, 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, just come. Empty-handed, come. Many packages or merchandise that we buy usually has a warning label on it. Have you noticed that? It's either a date stamp that says this will expire, or if you look at it, wow, this is two months old. Is it drinkable? Is it edible? But there's a stamp on there that says how old it is. Or it may say, take this with such and such and such, or mix it with whatever. Don't just drink it straight or take it as it is. There are warning labels on things. So it is with the Word of God. There's a warning label. And usually a warning label is at the back of the bottle or the package or down in a corner, obscure, right? And so this warning label is on the Bible. And what does it say? I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him 
the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Be careful. I'm saying that to myself as well. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Who is saying that? Who is saying, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. I am. How many others? I am waiting for Jesus to come. And dear John, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. The grace of Jesus Christ. He fulfilled it all for us. That's the last words of Jesus to us. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your patience and long-suffering with us. We receive from you mercy and grace and eternal life and a hope enduring forever. And we desire to look on your face, to see you as you are, and to begin to live with you free from the burden of the pain, the cancer, the, the death, the violence, the, the darkness, the sickness, the confusion, all those things around us. And Father, we want to bring our arms out and be able to bring our families, our friends, those we meet that so need Christ, so if we stay here longer on this earth, give us opportunity to share this message. We pray in your dear name. Amen. It's late and I want to bless you. So if you'd stand. This is not actually my blessing. It is the blessing of Moses and Aaron to the people of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And all the people of God said, Amen. 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 Amen.